All right, we're just going to jump right into it. We've got about 25 minutes, and we're going to be looking at a great topic tonight. I want to talk to you about holiness. Last week, we talked about covenants, how God relates to his people, that God always relates to us through a covenant. And tonight, the topic is, is associated with that or related to that same topic. It's as we talk about holiness. Now, you see on your notes there that our core verse is Leviticus 11.45. And it says, I am the Lord who brought you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God. You shall therefore be holy, for I am holy. Now, take your Bibles and go to the book of Leviticus. I want to show you a few verses uh, regarding this. While you're finding the book of Leviticus, I'm going to open my phone and get the clock going here to make sure that I stay on task. There we go. Leviticus. You might want to mark that key verse in your Bible. I, I, I hope that you're doing that each Sunday night, that when we get a core verse, that, that you're marking it as a core verse in your Bible. Leviticus 11.45 says, I am the Lord who brought you up out of Egypt to be your God. Therefore, be holy because I am holy. And then, just to show you that this, this idea of holiness is a key theme throughout the book of Leviticus, let me show you two or three other, other references. I'll go over a couple of chapters, or a few chapters, to chapter 19. Leviticus 19, verse 2. Speak to the entire assembly of Israel and say to them, Be holy because I, the Lord your God, am holy. Look in chapter 20, go over one chapter to verse 7. Consecrate yourselves and be holy because I am the Lord your God. Consecrate yourselves and be holy because I am the Lord your God. And then verse 26. You are to be holy to me because I, the Lord, am holy and I have set you apart. I would underline those words, set you apart. And I have set you apart from the nations to be my own. Uh, if I were choosing a core verse, I would have chosen that one. I, I told you I'm using this, this book called Core uh, 52. But, but if I were to choose a verse from Levit Leviticus, it would have been that one. Verse 26, chapter 20. I want you to see it one more time. For you are to be holy to me, because I, the Lord, am holy and I have set you apart from the nations to be my own. Pray with me. Father, I pray that through the Holy Spirit, you would give us insight, understanding of this idea of holiness. I pray that your Spirit would be our teacher, would be our guide. I pray that you would show us uh, the truth of your word. Help us to better understand and comprehend that not only are you holy, but you ask us to be holy as well. God, that, that seems like an impossible task in many ways. And so, would you be the one that teach us tonight? Would you open the word, open our mind, open our heart and our ears? That we'd understand better your perfect, divine, inspired word. And I pray that in the name of Jesus. Amen. 
what we see as we just began to look at this concept of holiness through the book of Leviticus. And again, that's just a few of the verses in Leviticus. It's, uh, you'll find more about holiness in Leviticus than you will in any other book in the Bible. Uh, it's woven throughout that book. But holiness is a key theme in the book. And what we find as we just do kind of an, an initial look is two in, important aspects of holiness. I want you to put these on your notes there. Two important aspects of holiness. First of all, our holiness is connected somehow to God's holiness. Be you holy because I am holy, God says. So our holiness is connected somehow, and we'll look at that, to His holiness. In other words, here's the reason that's important. Our holiness does not originate in us. It originates in Him. All right, so look at the text again, chapter Leviticus 20, verse 26. You are to be holy to me because I, the Lord, am holy. And I have set you apart from the nations to be my own. So, so we need to understand that our holiness is connected somehow to God's holiness. It, it originated in Him or it originates in Him, not in us. Number two, holiness sets us apart and marks us as God's own people. That's exactly what it says in that verse, verse 26. Holiness is the idea of being set apart and marked as God's own people. Now, I was going to bring the board out tonight and write some words up, but I decided just to put them on your notes so you'd have them. Uh, I want to talk about the Hebrew concept of holiness and the Greek concept of holiness because you see this word holy in both the Old and the New Testament. And so, let's talk definitions for a moment. The Hebrew word for holy is the word kadash. I know I'm using an H at the end, but that's the way you pronounce it. Of course, that is the English transliteration of the Hebrew word. But the Hebrew word for holy is the word kadash. Say that with me. Kadash. God bless you. (laughs) Here's what kadash means. It means set apart and dedicated to God. Set apart and dedicated to God. When you see the, the Hebrew word or the word holy in the Old Testament, kadash, this is something that's set apart and dedicated to God. Now it's interesting that when you look at the New Testament, it's a, a totally different word in the Greek language, but a very similar word in definition. The Greek word for holy is hagias. Say that with me. Hagias. Hagias means set apart for divine purposes. The Greek word hagias, set apart for divine purposes. Uh, another, a, a couple of other synonyms you could use for this word would be the words consecrated or devoted. Consecrated or devoted. So let me summarize so far what we've talked about. Basically, holiness happens... When God takes ordinary objects and claims them for his purpose. There's no place for you to write that down, but you might want to jot that down. Holiness happens when God takes ordinary objects and claims them for his purposes. So when we think of holiness, we think primarily in terms of sacred, right? Holiness is something that's sacred, pure, and, and that's, that's part of the definition for sure. But another side the other side of that coin if you will let me I think I've got a a quarter here so when we think of holiness we think of something that's sacred 
But the other side of that coin is, it's not just sacred, but it's selected. Set apart, it's selected. All right? That's an important distinction you need to understand about holiness. It's not just sacred, it is that. But the other side of the coin is, means it is selected. So holiness happens when God takes ordinary objects and claims them for his purposes. I've got my water bottle up here, an ordinary object. God, if he wanted to, could claim this for his purpose, and we could say this is set apart for God and only God. Then it would become hagios, or in the Hebrew, kadosh. It would be, become holy, that is, set apart, selected by God for his purposes. Are you tracking with me? Does that make sense? Okay. So let me go to the New Testament and show you this concept. Uh, go over to the book of 1 Peter, towards the, the back of the New Testament. 1 Peter chapter 1. First Peter chapter 1, verse 14 and 15. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. That is, before you knew Christ. Don't, don't live the way that you used to live before you knew Christ, is what he's saying in verse 14. And notice what he says in verse 15. But just as he who called you is hagias... Holy. So be hagias, be holy in all you do. For it is written, and now Peter goes back to the Old Testament, and he's quoting Leviticus 11.45, for it is written, be holy because I am holy. I mean, if, if you just needed to have one passage that would really help you grab this concept of holiness, that it's, that it's connected to who God is and what God is doing in us, that's the verse to look at. Let's read it one more time. It's such a great verse to summarize this idea of being set apart. As obedient children, verse 14, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance before you came to know Christ. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all that you do. For it is written, Old Testament, Leviticus, be holy because I am holy. So to be holy is to be set apart, and it's to be set apart, put this on your notes, to be set apart from sin and set apart to God. Set apart from sin and set apart to God. So let me talk to you about that concept both in the Old and in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, Israel was set apart from all the other nations. God said in, in Leviticus, we've already read the text, God said, I'm setting you apart as a nation from all the other nations. They were set apart by God. Among God's people, of, of, uh, God, God said, I, I'm setting you apart from all the other nations to be my people. Set apart, different. And then, among God's people, there were men within that nation who were set apart, holy, to, be, to serve as priests. They were called the holy priests. They were set apart. And then those priests would, would wear what were, were called holy garments. 
They're different from the regular clothes, made out of similar material, similar colors perhaps, but they're different from regular clothes because these garments are set apart, dedicated to be used for God in service to Him. And these people, God's people, different from all the other nations, are supposed are, are instructed that they are to live in the holy land. Looks a lot like all the other land in the area. But this land is set apart, dedicated to God's people for God's purposes. So that, that's the concept of holiness in the, in the uh, Old Testament. Now, let me say something. Everybody look up here. I want to help you understand this. Th- this will really help you grab it. You do the same thing with ordinary. By, by the way, uh, I meant to tell you this. Um, I love the story. We've already read it in previous weeks, so we're not going to go to it. In Exodus chapter 3, I think it is, uh, God says to Moses, take off your shoes because the ground you're standing on is what? Was there something special about that dirt? It's ordinary dirt, wasn't it? It's ordinary dirt. But because God was using that spot, dedicated to Him, set apart from all the other ground around. and Because it was dedicated to Him, set apart from all the other ground around, it became holy. Now, here's the illustration I wanted to give you. Everybody make sure you get this. This, this will help you. You do the same thing with your toothbrush. You set it apart and claim it as yours, don't you? I dare say there are other brushes in your house. There's hair brushes, there's toilet bowl brushes. And then there's a toothbrush. Do you want to mix those? No, you don't. And if somebody tries to grab your toothbrush, you say, that's mine. You see, that toothbrush is set apart. It is hagias. It's mine. It's set apart. It's different. And now it looks like the other toothbrushes in the bathroom. But there's one toothbrush in the bathroom that is yours. It's set apart. It's different from the other brushes. That's the concept. When God said, I want you to be my people Among all the other nations, I have set you apart as mine. So to be holy is this idea not only of being sacred, but also being selected. Okay, So that's the Old Testament. Uh, Let me look with you quickly to the New Testament. Now in the Old Testament, uh, you know, like the land was holy, the the garments were holy, the priests were holy, uh, those kind of things. One nation holy among all the other nations. But in the New Testament, it's an interesting concept of holiness in the New Testament because in the New Testament, all of God's people are set apart for God's honor and God's use. All of God's people are set apart for God's honor and God's use. Now, there is another word in the New Testament. You'll see the word holy and holiness in the New Testament, but there is another word that's also used in the New Testament that I want you to understand. It's the word sanctified. You know what sanctified means? Sanctified simply means set apart. Sanctified means set apart. Uh, I've, I've given you the Greek word there on your notes. And you pronounce it this way, hagiadzo. There's, there's, 
in, in the English transliteration, there's not a, a D there, but when you're pronouncing the, the, the Greek word, it's hagiadzo. There we go, hagiadzo. It simply means this, to sanctify, to set apart, to make holy. Now, I love the scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. six. Go with me there real quick. We've got nine minutes, eight minutes. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. <clears throat> Look what he says beginning in verse 9 through 11. Do, do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexual offenders, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanders, nor swindlers that will inherit the kingdom of God. And then he says in verse 11, something very interesting. That is what some of you, what's that next word? That is what some of you, what does the word were indicate? Been a change, past tense. That's what some of you were. But you were washed, you were sanctified, hagiadzo. You were sanctified, hagiadzo. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. That's what some of you were, but God has done something in your life and you were sanctified, set apart, made holy. So, Here's what I want you to notice about those two words, the word hagiadzo that you see there for um, sanctification and the word hagias. If you just look on both sides of the page, you can see those, those two Greek words. You can see how similar they are. On the front, hagias means holy, the Greek word for holy, hagias. Flip over and you'll see hagiadzo, which means sanctified. So here's what I want you to understand. Hagiadzo is just a form of the, of the root word hagias. Essentially, they are the same word. It's a different form. But essentially, they are the same word. They both mean sanctified, set apart, or to make holy. Now, let me talk to you quickly about the two focuses of sanctification, the two focuses of being made holy. First of all, put this on your notes. There is, number one, the finished action of being made holy. The finished action of being made holy. Hebrews 10.10. 10. Quickly, go, go there. Hebrews 10.10. 10. It says, and by that will, we have, notice this past tense, we have been made holy. How have we been made holy according to that verse? What's the rest of the verse say? We have been made holy how? Through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ in those last three words, once for all. So the, there is this idea of, the, of a finished action. We have been made holy, past tense. We have been set free from sin. We have been made right with God. And when we trust in Christ Jesus, God sees us from that moment on as having the same holiness as His Son. That's what it means when it says we've been made holy. 
We, we've already been, been made holy through the sacrifice of Jesus once and for all. So it's not something that you earn. It is a gift that you receive. And when God looks at you after you've trusted Christ as Savior, He sees you as holy because He sees you through the blood of His Son. He set you apart and He sees you as holy. But that just starts you on the path of growing into being the people He wants us to be because there's a second focus of sanctification. Number two, put this on your notes. The second focus of sanctification is the daily process of becoming holy. How many would agree that spiritual growth is a process? It's not just something that's automatic. Let's go, I'm just going to have time to read some scriptures real quickly. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2. First Peter chapter 2, verse 2. What I want you to listen for as we read these next three uh, scriptures is, is this something that God does for us or is this something that we are engaged in? All right? Something that we're supposed to do. Look what it says in verse 2. First Peter chapter 2, verse 2. Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Is that something God does or something we do? We do, absolutely. He says that you, you are to crave, you are to crave this pure spiritual milk so that you can grow up. Go over one book to the right to 2 Peter. This time go to chapter 3, verse 18. Verse 18, but grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Again, something that we apply ourselves to, something that we participate in. It is something that we do. Now, go back to the left and find the book of Hebrews, chapter 12. Go past the book of James, find the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, look at verse 24. Hebrews 12, I'm sorry, verse 14. Hebrews 12, verse 14. Make every effort to live in peace with all men and to be holy. Make every effort to be holy. That's something that you do. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. I just want you to notice in these verses that they're pointing to things that we do, to choices that we make, to actions that we take. There is this daily process of becoming holy. You say, well, I, I really can't get my hands around this. I thought God declared us holy. He did. Well, then how can there be a daily process of becoming holy? There's a tension there, isn't there? And so the best verse that I know of that summarizes that tension is the verse we'll close with in Hebrews 10, 14. You're already in Hebrews. Find chapter 10, verse 14. <clears throat> Here's what it says. Because by one sacrifice, he has made perfect or holy forever those who are being made holy. Isn't that interesting? By one sacrifice, he has made holy forever, perfect forever, finished action, those who are being made holy. Continuing process. So put this on your notes and we'll be done. Fill in those last two blanks. 
Sanctification is not the process of me trying really hard to become something I'm not. Sanctification is not the process of me trying really hard to become something that I'm not. Sanctification is the process of beginning to live out what I already am. Sanctification is the process of beginning to live out what I already am. And I want to close with this two statements that I want you to say out loud. This will be our prayer. This will be our benediction. I want you to say these two things out loud. First, first one is this. Lord, thank you that you made me holy. Would you say that? Lord, thank you that you have made me holy. The second one is this. Lord, thank you that you are making me holy. Lord, thank you that you are making me holy. There is tension there. But it takes both of those to understand the miracle God's doing in your life. To understand the miracle of salvation. The tension that we live in is the tension of faith. That God has declared that I am holy in His sight. And He has selected me and set me apart. And then in the daily process of that, I am becoming what He has declared that I already am. Somebody should put an amen there. God bless you at 6.30. Have a good night.